0: Head coach Damon Wilson is being honored for Bowie State's historical season. Prairie View versus Mississippi Valley State was our game of the weekend in basketball. And we take a look at FAMU and Bethune-Cookman's first in of SWAT. Oh yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU. Your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. what's going on family welcome back to another episode of the locked on hbcu podcast your number one daily one-stop shop for everything hbcu athletics monday through friday part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and of course i am darian gray the mouth of the south texas southern alum and former tsu herald sports editor thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day and today's episode is brought to you by sonos experience the game like never before with sonos art the premium smart soundbar for TVs, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. And I'd like to announce that I told you guys we were going to do it again. And we were, once again, the Locked On Pod of the week. We shared it with Locked On Lions. So I want to thank you guys for making this possible. I greatly appreciate you guys because I'm not just going to be the podcast of the week like by myself. We did this. This is all of us, right? So thank you for that. And thank you for supporting us and continue to go forward we just going to keep this train going, guys. We got two and we counting. We got two and we counting. So I want to open up today's show and I want to talk about Damon Wilson because the American Football Coaches Association have named him the D2 Coach of the Year. So AFCA has named him, right? He's the AFCA D2 Coach of the Year. And Bowie State had an absolutely phenomenal year, the best in the program's history, and he more than deserved it because This is a school that has been showered with praise upon praise, and even certain publications are calling them the real HBCU champion, right? This is something that we've discussed on the show before. This isn't a foreign concept or something that you guys have never heard of. So I'm not going to go back in on it, but they have named them the HBCU national champions, right? That speaks to just how good the season was, that people feel they can even make that case with them being a D2 program. So Wilson has done a great job, and I say Wilson because he is the head coach. He is the architect. They have players, and I do not want to downplay them. But you look at Coach of the Year, in the job that he has done with Bowie State in building them, building them into the way that he has. I, I I think that he is more than deserving of this honor because one thing is one thing is for certain is that Bowie State has been great on both sides of the ball, and Damon Wilson is the architect of it all. So I know this isn't really an accumulative type of award, but I mean, you can't help but pay attention to what the trend has been and they've been continuously dominant and we say it's not an accumulative award, but I mean, look at it. It's it's a lot, a lot of times the coach of the year award is based on what happened the previous year. So, We make it sound like it's a one season award, but the truth of the matter is we can't take out the context that is previous seasons. And I think often when we talk about coach of the year, we think of the unexpected and, well, where did they come from, right? And then that guy gets the coach of the year. That's not quite the case here. He doesn't really fit that build. With Wilson, I I don't think it's unexpected. I think he's had a continuation of dominance and continuously built it up. He's had three straight CIAA playoff, I mean, excuse me, CIAA championships and four straight NCAA D2 playoff berths. So this is a team that has turned into a perennial playoff team. Four years in a row, they made the playoffs. Three years in a row, they won their conference. But let's look at some more domination within that. They've had 21 straight victories within their conference. conference. That's impressive, it's domination. So we talk about the unexpected. But this is a continuation of something that we've seen. We've seen this bubbling. But they did also have that, oh, okay, maybe we didn't see that coming. And that was their step forward into becoming a playoff contender. They went, three, they went three rounds deep. They ended up losing to Valdosta State. But this was the best season in their program's history. So while he did have that domination and 21 straight victories within the conference, three straight championships of the conference, he also had that, whoa, Maybe they're not just this team that gets into the playoffs and they leave and they exit quickly. This is a team that legitimately can contend and can play because they end up losing to Valdosta State, who got to the championship. They they were the runner up. They end up losing in that game. We talked about that as well. Talking about Tremaine Watson, who was or excuse me, Tremaine Jackson, who was the who is the new Valdosta State head coach, Texas Southern alum. So all these things, you know, when you start looking at it, they start tying in and you start finding common threads within them. But when you look at Bowie State specifically, they went undefeated after losing their first game of the season. And that was in a close one to Delaware State. Afterwards, they played a lot of D2 guys, right? And they did not lose a game. And I think some people, when we talk about or use the word D2, I think there's a negative connotation around it. And it's unfair because we're actually talking about another Division II team. So... This isn't really a situation where you could say, well, they took a step down in competition. No, they just were playing on a quote-unquote level playing field. So this is a D2 team playing against D2 teams, and they dominated their division. They went 9-0 for the rest of the regular season against Division two teams. And this included 7-0, 7-0 in their own conference. So they have absolutely been dominant. And I think something that has been impressive about them is that Yes, they won a CIA championship, done that again. Yes, they went three rounds deep in the playoffs. But Coach Wilson has it where this team can win any kind of way that they need to. They played grinded out games. Look at their 14-3 victory over Chowin, only allowing three, three points to a team that, you look at Bryce Witt, he's been, he's been invited to the HBCU Combine or HBCU Legacy Bowl. So he's played really well, and he was one of the best players in that conference, only mustered up three points in that game. You know, you look at, you can blow out a team like Elizabeth City State. They beat them by seventy three points. Yes, you heard me right. There's basketball games that that score seventy three points, or seventy nine points is what they had. It was seventy nine to six, right? You scored seventy nine points in basketball, you might win the game. You look at Bowie State, they might score, they might win that game if they score seventy nine points. They scored this in a football game and held that team to six that is utterly ridiculous so let's look at the last the last score of of Bowie state's basketball team right the last game that they played was against claffin or claffin university they scored 74 so that just goes to say this ain't basketball we're talking about but they scored 74 points in a basketball game the football team scored 79 points and held elizabeth state to 6 points and they can win in a shootout They beat Virginia State 51-44. to So that was really the only game where the defense truly struggled when you just look at it. Other than that, they were hitting on all cylinders all game. They had like a five, six-game stretch where teams couldn't even get over 10 points on them. So they have won in shootouts, grinded-out games. They won in blowouts. They've, They've had consistency from previous seasons, prolonged domination, taking it up a step within the playoffs to make you say, we have arrived Damon Wilson, the architect of Bowie State's historical season, he is more than worthy for the D2 Coach of the Year for all of the reasons that I just named. Because he was able to accomplish that and build on the foundation that he already had while taking it to new heights and telling you, hey, this is a team that you're going to have to watch out for going through the future. And going forward, we're going to talk about Mississippi Valley State and Prairie View because this was a game that came down to the wire. It was really good. And I think this was the best game of the weekend. And we're going to talk about it because it's one thing that you cannot miss. And another thing you can't miss is the Get Upside app. If you're anything like me, you probably dread when, you're, when your tank's starting to get low. You're saying, man, it's on E. I might just throw $5 in there. I might do. But truth of the matter is, you know, you're going to have to get some gas eventually. Get Upside app makes this way easier. It, it makes it way calmer to go to the pump and say, All right, I'm gonna fill up because now they take 25 cents off of every gallon when you fill up. So don't worry about them gas prices being so high. Take a little bit off your mind and take 25 cents down. If you use the promo code SCORE, then you'll have 50 cents off your first gallon. That's an additional 25 cents on your first fill up per gallon when you use the promo code SCORE. After that, you get 25 cents off. Take your mind off of stress or take the stress off of your mind when you're talking about going to the pump. Get the Get Upside app and make sure you get 50 cents off on your first fill up and 25 cents off per gallon going forward. All right, families, we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day and Talk to me on Twitter, guys. I'm on Twitter at South Exclusives. I think I'm a pretty affable guy, so I would love to talk to you guys. Affable word of the day. I would love to have conversations with you guys about these topics. Tweet me, DM me, whatever. I'm always down to respond. I'm always down to talk and converse with all of you guys. And I want to talk about a game that I thought was really good. It was a really exciting game to me. And that was Mississippi Valley State versus Prairie View. And that was my personal game of the weekend. I was really bummed that we weren't able to get that on um yesterday's show but yesterday's show was jam-packed like I said I had to make sure that I talked about Cameron Ward before he made his decision if you guys paid attention unfortunately he did not make the decision that we would have loved he did not go to Prairie View. he ended up going to Washington State and I completely understand the decision behind it we talked about why they would be the favorite but hey, it is what it is right so you win some you lose some you don't get every prospect but they were on that list and I explained some of the reasons why But I had to get that topic on there amongst others in addition to Jackson State getting that top 50 recruit. But this game right here was something that I was itching to get towards. And I was kind of like I said, I was bummed that we weren't able to get on that show. But this game was so exciting because this was the first time we got to see Prairie View's men's basketball team. They forfeited their first two games due to COVID, you know, a COVID outbreak on their side of things. And because it was on their side of things, that means that they had to forfeit games. They weren't the team that was at risk. They were the team that was risking the other team. So you remember SWAC protocols means if you had the COVID outbreak, you had to end up forfeiting the game. And that's what happened, unfortunately. So looking at it, this is the first time we got to see this team. And I was really excited going forward for what they could be. And this wasn't a game of disappointing. If you're a SWAC or a Preview View guy, You weren't happy because you ended up losing this game. But overall, this game was exciting from start to finish, and it was really back and forth. It ended up having 11 lead changes on the day, 11 times the game was tied. So you're looking at a situation where it's not either team running away with it. It's going that team, that team. It's Prairie View. Then it was Mississippi Valley State. It's Prairie View. Then it was Mississippi Valley State. So it's a great game if you're one that enjoys back and forth, you know, competition, and who doesn't? So – to look at what this game really was, I want to look at the end of regulation because Mississippi Valley State had a really hot end to regulation. It didn't really translate into overtime, though. So, close to the end. Not at the end of regulation, but close to the end of regulation. Mississippi Valley State had a 9-0 run in the game, and that helped them from being down 7 to being up 2. So, now the two, the two teams trade basket back and forth, and Mississippi Valley State gets a 3-point lead. So, you're probably excited because you're going from, oh, I'm down seven to now I'm up three and there's barely any time left. Prayer View hits a half quarter. And I think that might have been one of those reasons why the hot end to the regulation didn't transfer over into overtime. Because when you get a, a half quarter knocked in on you, it's, it's deflating because you think you have this game. You're forcing them into a very low percentage shot. This is not just a deep three. This is a half court shot. You're, you're forcing them into a very low percentage shot that you think that they don't really have much of a chance of making. They knock it down and it's like, oh, especially after you come back. After you come back from being down seven points to have the lead and feeling like this is about to be your game, I could easily see this deflating them. And that back and forth action in the last five minutes is a great example, even though it's on a smaller, smaller scale, right? It's a small sample size, but it's a great example of what this game really was. And that's the back and forth action that I was talking about for a second. You know, you remember just a couple seconds ago, I was talking about how it was back and forth, blah, 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 right? Now you have that in a five minute span and you have it in a situation where it's a lot of drama. It's a lot of emotions. You're probably feeling like you're down, like, man, I don't know what's going to happen. Are we going to get right? And then you feel like we got right and we won this game and then boom, now we're in overtime. And the players feel those things too. It's not just fans that also feel the emotions of these games and, those shots carry weight, in in overtime, they had one point in the first three minutes until a big-time play from Elijah Davis. Elijah Davis, I'm not, I'm not going to say he's the reason they won, but I think that individual play was the spark, at least. I'm not going to say it's the reason, but it's the spark that that team needed to come back and win that game because Robert Carpenter was a guy who was balling. And he was playing well the whole game. He ended up having 20, 26 points, seven boards, three steals. And he was nearly perfect at the at the free throw line. Missed one at the end, but it really didn't matter because the game was already wrapped up as long as he made that one. Time was basically out. So it didn't it didn't really affect anything. But he was balling the whole time. I don't know if Carpenter even gets that chance if Elijah Davis doesn't have a steal and goes on a coast to coast fast break in order to knock in a layup. Because that play right there, that play right there took it from where you have an offense that's scoring one point in three minutes or three points. If you include that layup in three minutes to a team that scored nine points in the last two minutes. So a huge difference. You have less time and you're still scoring more points. So overall, I think that you look at the spark that that provided. You look at the performance of Robert Carpenter, not just in the regulation, but also in overtime because he scored the last five points for the team. When you combine those things, you look at why Mississippi Valley State was able to win. And I consider this my game of the week because of the back and forth action, because this was the first time that we got to see Braveview because at the end of the day, they had a half court shot and you still had the comeback. It's a great story within it. And that's why it was my Mississippi Valley State versus Prairie View it was my game of the weekend. And I honestly just thought it was the best game, even if you take out all the storylines and just look at the on the court action. It was the best game. Of course, Prairie View went on to knock off UAPB in their second game of the season that they actually played. So now they're looking at a 1-3 and conference record. But you're fighting an uphill battle because you've already forfeited two games due to COVID. Now going forward, we're going to be talking about two teams that have not forfeited any games. And that is FAMU and Bethune-Cookman. we're going to look at both the men's and the women's team to see how they're faring in their first week of SWAC play. And how have you guys been faring in your wagering? Because I want to talk to you guys about... Bet Online because Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year. And they're gonna continue, continue to be your number one spot for all your sports wagering as the playoffs start because it's time. College football national championship was last night, and now we're in the thick of things. We have all of our playoff matchups set in the NFL. So make sure that you're going to Bet Online to put all of your wagers down. New Year, new updated desktop, you got the mobile website. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, as L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to get started. You can do football, I just told you the playoffs are coming up, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC. I don't care if you just want to play your favorite Vegas casino games. All of that is on the line. Just don't wait to take advantage. Do it right now. Don't wait till June or July. You're wasting money. online is the fastest and easiest way to wager all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, families, we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU. We're going to dive into the newcomers in the SWAC, and those newcomers are FAMU and Bethune-Cookman. They are MEAC transplants, right? Now they are in the SWAC, and FAMU had a phenomenal football season. But we're not talking about that now. We're in the spring now. We're moving on. We're on to new sports. We're on to basketball, baseball, softball. We're on to all those sports and more track and field. But specifically today... We're going to talk about FAMU and Bethune-Cookman's first week in the SWAC, and it has not been one that you're really excited about, unless you're one team, and that's FAMU's women's basketball team. They're excited about how they performed in the SWAC. Everybody else, leaving much to be desired. And I actually hated the way that these teams kicked off the year. They played each other. And it may sound like I'm being captious. By the way, captious was the word of the day one of those days, and I love it. That that has been my favorite word of the day thus far. It basically means trying to look for fault. Essentially, I love it because I'm often captious. But um, <laughs> so I like to say I'm not being captious, but whatever. I probably am right now. I'm probably being captious right now and just looking for a fault. But I didn't want them to just play each other in the first game of the conference play. I look at Prairie View versus Texas Southern. They don't play until the end of January. I look at Jackson State. They don't play a Mississippi team, whether that's Mississippi Valley State or Alcorn, until basically the end of January. It allows the teams to come together and build up into that matchup, and I think it adds a little bit of hype behind it. You know, you don't need any extra hype. Those games are going to be heated regardless, but I don't think it can hurt. And you look at it, Bethune, Cookman, and FAMU specifically – They're new to this school or this conference and they haven't seen these other schools. One thing that they could benefit from was just letting each other breathe, giving each other a little bit of space and then coming back and hating each other some more. Now you have a couple of games under your belt. You have a couple of games that you played and you know what you what you're up against and they know what you've been doing against conference play. But whatever, they're going to play twice this year regardless. So I guess it's really not that big of a deal. I'm probably just being a stickler and nitpicking a little bit. I was accused of that earlier today in a conversation with a friend of mine. So maybe I'm just keeping that same energy and I've just been nitpicking all day. I don't know. But I would have liked some buildup is all I'm saying. But I understand why you would want to start the season with these two familiar teams going up against each other. So with that being said, let's look at how they played in that game. They split that matchup. The men's blew out. You know, it was a blowout. But Bethune-Cookman beat the Rattlers pretty handily while the Lady Rattlers knocked down Bethune-Cookman on a buzzer beater. Since then, it's really been rough. It has really been rough for all teams involved. Mine is really fam you, but really, if you really want to look at it, it's been rough for all teams. Bethune Cookman, they haven't won a game, men's or women. They have not won a game since. The women's obviously have not won a game. Now, scratch that because I'm not starting negative today, we're going to start positive. We're going to rewind it. We're going to talk about Bethune-Cookman again, so I I apologize if you're a Bethune-Cookman person. You're going to have to hear that little couple of lines again. Let's talk about FAMU's women's basketball team because they've been really good. They won that game against Bethune-Cookman on a last-second buzzer beater. They ended up losing to Southern, but they came back and they beat Grambling last night. They beat Grambling pretty headedly. Excuse me, handedly. They beat Grambling pretty handedly. And I think that When you look at the four teams, that's two men, two women, they have easily been the best team. Like, I don't even think it's really a competition because they're the only team with a winning record within the conference. And when you're looking at this team and who's been really driving the FAMU Lady Rattlers forward, that's Dylan Horton and Anijah Williams. Because, excuse me, Anijah Harris. Because they have been absolutely balling and lighting up the scoreboard. They have been lighting up the scoreboard these two times. These women have been right on point. It's been the Horton and Harris show, right? H&H, that has to be something. The H&H show. And when I look at Harris, she's averaged 20 points per game over the last three games, including setting a career high twice. First versus Bethune-Cookman, and then she ended up setting it again versus Grambling with 24 points. Dylan Horton has been on a ridiculous tear that has now leveled her up to the second leading scorer in SWAC and that tear that she's been on includes setting a career high in points versus Bethune-Cookman with 22 and in the next game there was no way that she was going to slow down but then she sets her career high again with 25 points versus Southern so it's like bam you done went boom bam you done went boom and then now you go against Grambling and it's like you have to slow down and bam, boom, again, you drop 32 points versus Grambling. Dylan Horton has been on an absolute tear and I fully expect her to get SWAT Player of the Week. Some, whether it's Impact Player of the Week or SWAT Player of the Week, she has to get a weekly award from the Southwestern Athletic Conference, period. In addition to her highs and points, she also had three of her better shooting performances on the year. And that's percentage-wise. And she continued to just level up with that. She continued to get more points and more points. But then also shoot better and better. So I thought that was extremely impressive and just a little added point to add to just how successful she's been. Because it's one thing to get a lot of points, but she also did it while being efficient. Now let's go through. I'm not even going to really touch on Bethune-Cookman's women. They, they're they 0-3 right now. We're just going to leave it at that. Bethune-Cookman, they won that game versus FAMU. But then afterwards, they've had a really interesting journey, and that included two games that both came down to the end of the game, but ended in completely different ways. Because versus Grambling, which was their first game after FAMU, they actually closed really well. Because in that game, they were down, they were down sixty-five to fifty-four, with not much time left in the game. They ended up going on a twelve-to-three run. You end up getting up by. Or excuse me, they end up having you lose the game, but you close really well. It's just a situation where you were down 11 points. And it's like, well, that's too much to come back from. Even though you came back, you end up losing on the last second shot. Almost like, you know, like your women, right? Your women lose last second versus FAMU. You lose on the last second shot to Grambling. And it's just a situation like that. But then you go against Southern. And in Southern, you couldn't close at all. You could not close at all. In the last minute and a half, you go 10 to four. So it's a situation where on one game, you're not doing well until the end of the game. You end up having a really good run, but you just end up coming short. But then in the other game, you play pretty well through the first 30 minutes, 35, 37, 38 minutes of the game. But that last minute and a half, something just pulls away from you and they go on a 10 to four run. So it's like, dang, either you can't close or you can close. But when you can close, it's because you were down by so much, it's not even going to benefit you now. So let's end up with this little sandwich, right? We started with FAMU's women. Let's end with FAMU's men now. And after losing two straight to open conference play, they finally got a victory over Grambling. And MJ Randolph is the player that he was advertised to be when we highlighted him. And I talked about him. He had a, I guess, slow start. He had 17 points versus Bethune-Cookman. It wasn't a terrible game, but then he responded with 30 points and 24 points in the next two games. And I think the big difference in the game that finally got them that victory was the fact that it wasn't just Randolph and one other guy. It wasn't like that. They had four players in double digits, and for the first time in conference play, they had a player not named MJ Randolph who scored over 15 points. I think having that multitude of players who scored and not just having two guys or maybe a third guy, having four double-digit scores on the game and one, play, and one player going over 15 points, that was a big deal because that is what allowed them to have that offensive output, that offensive success, to get their first swag victory. So now you're looking at the men, both sitting at 1 and 2 within the conference, but then Cookman women are sitting at 0 and 3. And you have Fam U, the Lady Rattlers, who are the prize of the Florida teams right now sitting there at 2-1, and one, and they've been playing really well. The H&H show, Horton and Harris, have been balling out, and I think they highlight this team. Dylan Horton and Anijah Harris. Those are the two women that, if I'm talking about Florida basketball and the swag, those are the two names that I feel like I must name. And I appreciate you guys making us your first listen of the day. It's Locked On HBCU. Y'all know me. I'm Darian Gray, a.k.a. The Mouth of the South, and thank you very much for your second listen of the day. Make sure you're checking out Locked on Bets. It's free and available on all platforms and it's meant to make you money. Don't be a dummy. Go check it out. Locked on Bets is your boy Q and Lee Sterling giving you expert analysis and insight to get a little bit more dollars in your pocket. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, y'all know the drill. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace.